Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show today. This is the Friday edition show. And generally speaking, I rotate on a regular basis through the five different topic areas that I like to hit on the Small Moves podcast. But this week, I'm going to take things a little bit out of order, and I'm going to hit on the topic of relationships this time around. Because coming up in just a couple of days from now, it is Father's Day. And since launching the Small Moves podcast last September, the beginning of last September, this is my first Father's Day that's come about. So it's my first opportunity to sort of share my thoughts on the topic with the audience of the show. So I wanted to take this opportunity to do so. So I'm going to be taking things a little bit out of order today. So I'll hope you will bear with me. I talk about my kids and my family a lot on this show. So some of this stuff isn't really nothing new, but it's been a thought that's been burning at me for a while. And obviously sort of coming to a head coming into father's day, I just want to articulate a little bit about my thoughts on fatherhood and what it has mean, what it has meant to me, what it has done to and for me And what I really hope other people get the opportunity to experience themselves and things to just sort of keep in mind when they're going into the absolute wonder and train wreck and, you know, incredible experience that is raising children. And for that, I want to sort of go back to an article that I read several years back from Leo Babauta at Zen Habits. Leo Babauta is somebody that I have been reading for years. I have been reading his Zen Habits blog since probably 2012 to 2013. I started fairly early on, and I've been a big fan of the guy. He's absolutely incredible. He has really changed my perspective on a lot of things, seeing the sort of the journey that he's had through his life. So, Just as a quick sidebar, if you've never read the Zen Habits blog or any of the material that Leo creates out there, do yourself a favor and go over there and check it out. It is truly amazing. But an article that he posted back in 2012, and I will link to it in the show notes, is a title called The Tiny Guide to Being a Great Dad. And he brings up his three rules for being a great father. And it's something that at the time I didn't particularly internalize because, you know, A, I was several years away from having children, so I didn't really think too much about it. And then also sort of reflecting back into my childhood, I didn't really think that things would be, could potentially be that simple, complex at the same time, but simple in the rules and needs. And basically what Leo says was the three main rules for being a father are to be there, to love them, and to be present. Now, I want to reflect on those three a little bit as his, as it applies to how I'm spending time with my two kids, my two little girls who are now just over three and just over one year old. And being there is obviously self-explanatory. You produced offspring. It's your job to be there in their lives and to be part of their lives and to help guide 
their their early lives until they decide that they don't need you anymore. <clears throat> but being there is if you see all of the marketing materials out there about adoption programs, there's nothing more important to kids growing up than their parents just being there. The, they don't the kids don't care so much about you know, the cars that you're driving or the toys that you're giving them, those are a lot more focused on the, those things that kids, quote unquote, want are more things that the parents want to be able to give to their kids more so than things that the kids want themselves. Uh, that's more of a parental self-loathing that I have to admit that I've fallen victim to now and then, but I tend to mop up after myself relatively well. Not to mention I have the most incredible wife on the planet who sort of keeps me and those those uh, impulses that I have in check. But being there for your kids is the most important thing that you could possibly do. And it's definitely something that I see in my kids. If I'm working too much and I'm not able to do certain things with them, I, I feel it and I can see that they feel it. And that's something that when I was experiencing that early on with what is now my three-year-old Zoe, I was crushed for, and I've, never felt a sense of embarrassment more in my life than when I could see that my child was disappointed that I wasn't there. And that's something that can happen, start happening pretty early on in life. This isn't something where you, you need to wait to miss somebody's recital in middle school or high school or the, the great play in their senior year of high school and miss it. This is something that kids start to notice that you're either there for them or not there for them very early on. So I highly, highly believe that this is the most important thing. The next thing is to love them unconditionally. And this seems like it goes without saying, but you look at the news every day and about the things that people do to their kids and you know that it's not true, that it's a hundred percent, you know, it's a hundred percent that of course you're going to love your kids. Of course, you're going to take care of them. Of course, you're going to try to give them a better life than you had. We know every day, if you follow the news, that that is absolutely not true for, for a lot of people. And that's something that you, I can't harp on enough is the fact that there is there is evil in the world. There is evil in all of us. Not No one of us is a saint. We are all comedy and tragedy, and we're all susceptible to falling victim to sort of the dark side of our own personality. And we, we how we raise our kids to do the things that we want that we want to that we know will make us love them and for us to show that love to them when they do the things that will that make us love them is more important if not more important than being there it's right there next to it in that kids need to know that you're with them, that you support them and that you love them and that you're going to be there for them. And that's something that when in, in today's society, when we're all overwound, we're all overtired, we're all busy. And when I say overtired, that's a term that you hear a lot in parenting where, you know, your kids are 
not sleeping or they're not napping and they're overtired and they can't sleep. This is not something this is not something that applies only to children. We as a society are systemically overtired ourselves. We're not getting enough sleep. Every study in the world that's coming out on this topic is reflecting this. So <clears throat> we that that gives us shorter attention spans. It gives us a shorter fuse when it comes to getting frustrated with our jobs, with our spouses, with our kids. And you know, the our kids need to know that we love them unconditionally. We need to, as parents, we need to teach our children how they need to behave so that they're not – we don't want to teach them that it's okay to do things that would make you potentially dislike them. And that's where a little bit of a twist is on this topic in that you don't want to allow your kids to do things that would make you dislike or hate other kids if other kids did them. And if there's any particularly judgmental portion of this podcast, this is it. In in speaking as a father, you it's your responsibility and moms out there as well, it is your responsibility to teach your children how to behave because regardless of what some people say, children need, want, desire structure. They don't know anything. Put simply, children are very stupid. And when they, everything they learn, they're learning from us early, very early on, exclusively what they're learning is what they're learning from their parents. And how they behave, how they interact with other kids, how they treat their own possessions, their toys, the possessions of their parents, the possessions of strangers or their friends or the their grandparents or you know the food that's on their plate or the to- the possessions that are in their room how they treat those things is taught to them by their parents and later on by other people in their life so you have to be stern in show- in showing your kids how things need to be treated because you don't want in the topic of always loving your kids you as a parent and me as a father, I am responsible for showing my children how to behave so that I will never question whether that love is there or not. You don't want your child to turn into a child that you would otherwise not love if it happened to not be your child. So a lesson that I could take from that is be a responsible parent and always teach your children how to how to act in a way that you would want to see all of the other children around behave because you don't want to give yourself the opportunity to find a reason to dislike something that your child is doing and then as wonderful human nature will start to kick in you'll start translating that from what the child is doing to who the child is in their core. And that's not good. And that takes you down the road to some of the wonderful stories that we hear on the news about people being the worst potential horrific parents on the planet. And you have to remember that those people were babies one day, you know, one time in the past, and they were raised to see things that thought that that behavior was appropriate. Just, 
know what you want your what your kids to see and how you want them to be and step up and be responsible and do it. The third point that Leo brought up was to be present. What that means to me is there's more than just being there, physically being there with your kids. Being present while you're there sounds very woo-woo, I'm sure. But when you're sitting in front of your child or you're sitting with them, whether you're watching TV or you're playing a game or you're reading a book, be there with them watching TV or playing a game or reading the book. Turn off your cell phones. Close your laptop. If your kid walks up to you while you're working on your laptop and you're, you have some flexibility, close the laptop, look them in the eyes, and listen to them when they're trying to talk to you. And when you're talking to them, look at them while they're talking to you. There's nothing that There's nothing more to a child that shows that you love them than paying attention to them when they're speaking. And also speaking, stepping into the judgmental father role for a moment, there's nothing that teaches your children disrespect more than you disrespecting your children, even passively. You could be sitting there with your typing away on your laptop and your kid is asking you a question and you might think that you're really great at multitasking and you can keep typing while you're listening to them ask their question and you can keep typing away while you're answering their question. But you have to remember that your kids are not as great at that as you are. And all they see is you not looking at them, not making visual eye contact with them, not making a connection with them when they are vulnerable. If a child is walking up to you and asking you a question, just like with adults, if we're asking a question, asking a question of somebody is a simple and small way of showing or saying, I'm not sure. I don't understand. Will you help me? That's basically all any question is. And when you're a little kid, you haven't developed the thick skin of adults with regards to how to ask questions and not seem or feel like you are inadequate. But kids haven't developed that self-defense mechanism yet. When they're asking you a question, they legitimately need – they're legitimately asking for help because they don't know what it is that they're asking you. And the – what the way that question could go if it goes one way it could be the end of their world they don't know they're new to this game they don't know what the hell's going on around them they rely on us to be their rock to be their anchor so when your child is walking up to you and asking you a question close the laptop put down the phone turn off the tv and just really pay attention to them listen to their question and try to use your adult brain to try and understand not only the question that they're asking, the words that are coming out of their mouth, but also what is it that they're trying to get at with that question? What are they really actually asking you? Is the way that they're asking it just sort of a coded way of trying to figure out something else? Odds are, if you're a late 30s guy, like in my case, and you've got a three-year-old that's asking you a somewhat coded question, 
Hopefully you've got the brain cells to rub together to try and figure out what that is relatively quickly. Try and figure that out and try and help guide them in that direction. But you can only really do that if you're focusing on what they're saying and not ignoring them passively while you're trying to accomplish five other things at the same time. Now, that sort of hits the, the main three goals that, or the main three rules, I should say, that Leo Babata suggested for being a great dad. I don't have a whole heck of a lot more to add to that, but I will say that for anybody that's out there that is either considering being a father or not being a father, the only thing that I can really say is that it lives up to the hype. And until, unless you're a father right now, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's okay. You, you don't, and you won't until it actually happens. That, that is a realization that I had. And I've had a couple conversations about, about this with my father-in-law about how, you know, he's, he, told me early on in our marriage about what it was like to raise my daughter when she was little and how I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about and that I wouldn't until later on. And just like a typical cocky dude, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I, I can imagine. I understand. It's really amazing. I'm sure it's great. It's I had I had no goddamn clue what it was that he was talking about until my first daughter was born. And then after my first daughter was born, I, my wife and I strongly considered us never having an additional child because there's just no way. And it's, it's hard to really put into words that there's just no way in hell that you think that you could, have another kid and feel this strongly and this passionately and be this much in love with another small human being like they just it's it's impossible like there's just no way in hell there's just it's it's impossible and then we got pregnant and we ended up having our second child Ada who's just turned 1 and I <laughs> I I don't know how the hell it's possible. I don't know how it's possible that I could love her as much as I do with my first daughter, which I do. And it's just I it it boggles my mind to this day. And I know people say it's like, well, your it's your your the pie gets larger, your capacity for love expands, and you know you can clearly and easily find room to love another child the same way that you do your first and. I didn't understand. I didn't think it was possible, but it is. And when people like me sitting here rambling or people like my father-in-law tell you about all of the amazing things about being a father, please, please know, please know that it lives up to the hype. There's nothing about it that doesn't live up to the hype. Are there downsides? Sure. Are your kids a pain in the ass sometimes? Of course. Can anything, you know, can the process be easier? Of course. But there's nothing like it. And with that, there's speaking 
for myself and everybody has their own thing, I'm sure. But having grown up in a family that was, let's say, less than less than communicative with regards to their love for their children, I have to say that never in my life, even with my things that were said to me by my wife, who I love more than anything, has said has said over the years that I've known her, even when she said yes to me ask, proposing to marry her, to her saying, I do at our wedding and anything else that has been said to me in my lifetime, nothing on this planet has ever moved me more than hearing those four those four words i love you daddy that there's nothing that moves me more than when i heard my daughters always say that to me for the first time coherently unprompted just walked up to me gave me a big hug on the leg and said i love you daddy i was crushed in the best possible way and i have never been the same since i don't really know that there's much more to be said but to say that like i said earlier it lives up to the hype don't trash it it's amazing take advantage of it be there for your kids be present with your kids because by the time they leave high school they'll have spent more than 80% of the total number of days that they will ever spend with you before the day you die, hopefully by natural causes way down the line. If not, it's even more than that. So please take the time, be present, love them, treat them what as what they are, which are your future, your eternity. And just enjoy it. I appreciate you listening to me through my little ramblings here about fatherhood, the little of it that I know. I'll talk to you next time around. You've got this.